Welcome, welcome, welcome back to this continuation segment. If you are starting in for the first time, welcome to Lenora's Confident Closet. My name is Lenora Beecher and I am your host at this podcast. This segment is a continuation of a conversation that started with the amazing, the amazing, amazing, amazing Asafo Emmanuel. And this conversation is all about confidence versus arrogance. We asked the question, is the obsessive belief in oneself considered confidence or arrogance? And we went really, really deep into our individual stories on this journey through confidence, our individual stories and experiences on this journey through life. We shared some really, really deep insight, um, some struggles that we've had in the past, some joys that we've had in the past. And I hope that you were able to really feed into that and learn something new from there. If this is the first time you're visiting this podcast, then I really, really advise you right now to go to the previous episode of this conversation, the part one of this conversation with Asafo Emmanuel and have a sneak peek, listen in and get a better understanding, a better background of what we are talking about before you continue this one. If you are continuing with or from the first episode, then welcome back. I hope that this really lights up your world as the first one did. Thank you so much again for listening. Let's get right into it. Same belief, this same power, this same, I don't know what to call it. It's the same thing that got me my first $100,000 without me doing anything much. I showed up to a place, I sat there and it was a networking event and somebody said, oh, what do you do? And I was like, I'm a big fan of dressing up. I like just living my authentic life and helping people do that. And this person is like, I need you in my life. How much do you charge? I swear, I did not even know. I did not even have a program at that point. I just, I had started a mentorship program where they were teaching me all these things about money and like really just getting out of your own biases and just a lot of things that had to do with mindset. And so in that moment, I was like, oh, let me get back to you. I went back to my mentor. I'm like, I just had this happen to me. Somebody just said this and I don't know what to charge. She's like, don't worry, let's break it down. That's her favorite part. That's her favorite thing to do. And just like that, I got my first client. And I was like, wait, hold up. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. This thing that I do to my friends, this thing that I help my loved ones do, here is someone who doesn't know me, who has never had any prior conversation with me, just by me saying that I do this thing by me looking like somebody who does this thing, they instantly believe that I can do it. And they're willing to pay. Exactly. It was just crazy to me. It really was. It really was crazy. Talk about fashion and style. My friends used to always, like, I was that friend that people would ask, like, Lenora, I have this thing to go to. I don't know what to wear. What do I wear? And I'll just be there for them. And that's the thing. I'll never but tell you what to wear. I'm a stylist. Okay, you to cut and, and nail things during socials. You are not. No, that was never me. Ask my okay. classmates. They, they were never. Like, that was never me. I was okay. never the designer. That wasn't Lenora. <laughs> okay. okay, okay, great. But I used to admire those things. I used to admire and be like, oh, this is creative and all. 
But I'm all about the feeling. So again, wh- while I was out there, like my friends were always, I was like, why are you even asking me this? Like, they're like, no, you're so stylish. You always just like dress up the way you want. Like, I know that you can help me find what to wear. And whenever they ask me the question, you know, what should I wear? I'm like, I don't know. You tell me, what do you wear? <laughs> and then we go into all this process of how do you want to feel while you're at this event? How do you want to feel when you think about this day two years from now and think about what you were wearing? Actually, how do you just, what, what's the feeling that you want attached to this day? Now let's go out there and find an outfit that really and truly represents that feeling that really and truly captures that image and that vision that you have for this event. And through that process, we'll always find good outfits. We'll always find good hairstyles, good whatever they need to find at that moment. At the end of the day, it will not really be about the outfit. It will really be about, oh my God, I felt like a queen. I felt like a king. I felt like a this. And I'm like, yep, that's the goal. That really and truly is the goal. So technically, that's how I started discovering that I want to go into styling and so it's like multiple different pieces attached together I'm also a big fan of African clothing because I grew up in Cameroon I know how our aunties and uncles like when we have big events back home like people would hype outfits like people would go to tailors and you know our color vibrant all of it. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, talking about African outfits, yeah. So there's um, this north, this northwest thing, Togo. So, please, 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 let's not get into Togo today. Please, I've <laughs> met my friend, I've my friend Fofang, you know, and we are two big fans of Togo. And, mm-hmm. you know, it, it just hit me one day when we dressed up. We, we dressed up, we were going for this event. You know, one of our classmates, his father just became a fun, and we're going there, a, a chief, you know, of the fun. And we're going there. And I looked at us and I was like, wait, the, the default dressing of our people makes us look like kings. That's crazy. Yep. the craziest thing about our yep. culture. You mm-hmm. know, it, it, like, I, it, it hit me at that moment that, you know, if I walk into any space dressed like this, because I was fully dressed with the back, you know, that country back and that country. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. One, you understand? Would that fit that inside, inside that, inside that car? <laughs> yeah. Top to bottom, I was looking at the king, and I was not even overdoing it. That's just the dressing, that's just how you appear when you're a Bamenda boy, you know, from the roots, a real hardcore Bamenda. Like Mm -hmm. every single time that a Bamenda boy shows up anywhere in the world dressed like this, every you're a king, there's just no way. He's just so so colorful, so grandiose. So, you know, I relate to that African to that African culture thing. I I totally relate. I, you see that? Oh, I'm a big fan of Togo too. I, I can remember my first day in Rome, my first day in Italy, I was dressed in Kaba. I was wearing a Kaba, a yellow Kaba. That Kaba yeah. got, I wore that Kaba. It got torn. I did not want to let go of that Kaba. Hi! <laughs> I remember a funny thing. I bought that Kaba in, in, what's the market called in Yaoundé again? Oh my God. Mokolo. Mokolo. I bought that kaba in Mokolo for like 1,500 or something like that. <laughs> but I wore that kaba my first day in Rome and I still remember I'll be walking on the streets and people will be staring at me. You know the funny thing? It wasn't the stare that people give black people. Like, it was a kind of stare like, I love what you're wearing. Um, it yeah, was like, a stare like, 
who is this rainbow? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Like when everybody is dressed in in blue and greys, and it's Black. I'm over here in my kaba, yeah. my yellow flamboyant kaba. For those who don't know what a cover is, it's really just a free-fitting, a loose-fitting dress that you just throw on your body and you're good to go. I'll probably post a picture of something like that sometime. Yeah, but yeah, I yeah. remember that outfit and I had these sandals that were like made in in Senegal. I, I just looked like African head to toe with my flamboyant earrings, all of it. And there was a stare, like somebody even stopped me, this lady on her Vespa bike, she's like, you look so gorgeous. She said it in Italian, but you could tell that it was like an outfit that was this. It just, you know, that in itself just made me walk with an extra confidence. Like I walk with an extra flair in my step. Like I glide through the streets because I know that I have all eyes on me. And please, yeah, I like the, the world is your wrong way. <laughs> Literally, I first of all love the attention. So I'm the person who would dress to impress. Okay. Like really <laughs> And so even in those moments, like at school, I would dress up like fully Africans and some of my African friends would be like, you know, how do you do it? Like, don't you think that you're too conspicuous? I'm like, I like being conspicuous. Like, please of look course. at me. <laughs> like, you know, we, you know th that's my thing. I, I'm, I'm, I, I was explaining a, a friend, a friend and I were having a discussion about names, right? And mm -hmm. I, I told her I always introduce myself as a sapo. That's how I want to be known. That's how I want to be remembered. That's how I want to be... And she's like, well, she doesn't really like her other name. You know, she has a name. I won't call it because it's a popular name. And so people might know, people that know you, people that know your yeah. circle, my circle, my new person. <laughs> like, I don't like this name. And I, I, I she's like, she likes her, her English name. And I'm like, listen, there's a problem with that, with that English name. Um, every time that we're getting into uh, uh, other people's religion, they try to make us take their name. If they're so hell-bent on making us not like our stuff, then is there something that they're scared of? Think about mm -hmm. it. Yeah, I like mm -hmm. to was like, you know what? I love my name. I <laughs> oh, Lord, I love that. And you so, see, that, that in itself, in many ways, it goes to tell that we as individuals, because we have, again, this is going to sound very, very cocky, but I'm just going to go ahead and say it. Because we've stepped into another dimension, we've come to another realization, we have a different light and way of looking at things. It's our responsibility to drag our people into that light. Definitely. Sound to sound. Definitely yes. yes, 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 and yes. But, okay, back again to this whole fashion thing. Yes. So that itself was one aspect of fashion that I got into, like, really just showcasing African culture, really just showcasing my roots and where I come from and what I'm about. Yes. And that also plays into how my general, I'm, my style is very colorful. Like I wear very colorful I, things. I know that. I know. I know. I follow you. I follow you in my life. And I know that. I, you know, I, and that's so That's just me. That's just <laughs> me. And you know, thank you. I started wearing colors just because I like the colors, right? And then when I started training in fashion and color theory and all of those things, I came to realize that certain colors have different emotions that they evoke within us and to the external viewer. Like there's so much on color theory that people like colors and outfits can play in people's mental health. 
it's I so totally so understand what you're saying you know because i i studied marketing and and um, on my own i self-taught mm. marketing and when i was thinking about you know marketing branding i was learning about visual identity i studied um, um color theory and i know what you're talking about mm-hmm. I, I understand you're right exactly. yep and see these are things that i came to find out when i finally said to myself, you know what, I'm going to pursue this fashion dream of mine, this style dream of mine, this branding dream of mine. That's when I started studying these things. But again, remember I mentioned some of these things just came to me naturally. I knew that every time I wear yellow, I feel more confident. I feel more joyful. I feel more this. But there was no no scientific thing that I knew about it. I just knew what I knew. I just knew how I felt. Exactly. Exactly. So that was the whole thing. And then with my love for African fashion, I started wearing those things and showcasing at uni when we have like um, events and fashion shows, everybody's running to Lenora, like Lenora has all these clothes, we need to get them and all of that. And that's how that first of all turned into a business. Like that's how I started my first business and I called it Biche. And it was really just about showcasing African clothing and how that can be adapted to the world that I was living in because I all of the I your website. Yes, your company actually did that. Yeah, but yeah, I yeah. remember also around that time, I started having this thing of okay, I have all these colorful clothes, but I cannot wear them all year round because winter, because spring, because fall. But I want to wear my colors, especially in the winter, because in the winter it's gloomy. Like everybody's wearing black and brown and gray and I want to wear my colors. How do I incorporate my colors into the gear that is warm enough for me to like be comfortable? And that's how I started really coming up with like beach hair. I started incorporating like, how can I add a color to this thing? How can I do this? How can I do that? And how can I also support the people who birth this love for African fashion? So I started making sure that all the people that I saw to do the tailoring were Africans. I made sure that all the fabric that I got was from Africa. Like I was so intentional about it because I had a story to tell. Wow. Now, um, um, I don't know. This other, I have another, I have a question for you, right? You've spoken so much about, you know, your love for African fashion, for the colors. You know, Africa is a very colorful land. You look at our food, our food has crazy, too many colors, you know. It's like achu soup, man. Look at achu soup. <laughs> My yeah, country yeah. food. Yeah, that's... Where are you from? Uh, like... I'm a Bafu girl. Ah, okay. I'm from Akum. So it's the same, it's the same Opangemba tribe. So, yeah. Um, you, you recently moved uh, um, back... Um, back to Africa, right? Um, I, I see that you stay in Kigali, stay and work in Kigali now. Is that permanent or temporary? Oh, no. <laughs> you don't know? Okay, that's okay. I, that's, that's, that's perfect. I don't know. I really don't know. I just know, this is what I know, Asafo. I was tired of living in Rome. I wanted to move back to Africa. I picked up a map. I looked, I looked at Kigali. I looked at how that came into my life and what I want to do. And I was like, I'm moving. I'm literally just moving. Nobody understood it. Nobody understood me. They were like, Lenora, are you crazy? You have so many opportunities out here. Your, your star is shining bright. Why are you going back to Africa where there's like people? 
I'm suffering in this country. I want to go back to the land of ab- abundance of avocados. Leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, I, 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 I want, I want a, a deep dive in, in that mindset. That mindset where, you know, you can, because you said this thing, you said there was a time you were almost homeless, your bags were packed, and yet you still kept, you know, the glow. And now there's, there's this, you just casually, dramatically packing up your stuff and moving out <laughs> of, a, of a place where you had a lot of difficulty to get to. You see, you narrated the circumstances around your moving to, to Rome and how it was, it was crazy. And you also, you decided that even with all that, because that's a whole story, and I know how people's story can influence their, 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 their decision. How do you unpack all you know, all that story and, okay, it's time to turn a new leaf. I'm moving to, a, to, to my country, new country where people speak a whole different language. I listen to President Kagame talk about the language he speaks in. I understand it. How do you muster <laughs> all that? <laughs> you know, oh, how do you yeah. muster all that courage, unpack, you know, leave all this story behind? Because, you know, it, it's like you've left a whole different life. It's like there was a whole different life in Rome and now you've moved to this new place. How do you do that? in your head when you decide to do that in your head and in your heart i'm more interested in the heart going on in your head and in your heart when you decide to do that in my heart i just want to experience something new my heart feels like this place is calling and i'm like okay let's go find out why it's calling in my head if i don't go i'll never know and i'm thinking i'll no, rather you do say that again you need to say that again in your head what's <laughs> happening in your head in my head, I'm just going to do. I would rather do than apologize. Like, I just go ahead and do it. I need to go find out for myself what this thing is all about in order for me to know. If I don't find out, I don't know. And I'm, listen, I, suffer, I keep saying it. I will apologize all day long, but I'm not going to stop myself from doing shit. I will do it. Like, I'll do it. And then later on, I'll tell you I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, my heart is telling me, like, Lenora, it's time. Like, it's time. I consider myself a citizen of the world. Like, I am not one person who is bound by a space or a place. I mean, I'm very Afrocentric. I love Africa, but don't be surprised if I wake up tomorrow and I'm like, I'm tired of being in Kigali. I want to go someplace else. It's very, very, like, that's just the way I think. When I want to experience something and I, and there's also a very spiritual side to all of this. Like, I'm, a very, very careful person. And so there's, you know those moments when you say you go into the zone and you just see the things? I see some of those things and I'm like, okay, this is what I feel. Let's go live it. Let's go make it a reality. And you know, uh, I, 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 home had a lot to do with that. I relate, I relate to that, you know. I relate to that because uh, there's, there's been this voice that I, I like to believe is, is the voice of God that's been telling me to move my business out of Cameroon. You know, not not like entirely. We we'll maintain Cameroon oppression, but move move some of it out of Cameroon. And that same voice has has told me to go to Rwanda. You know, I've I've I've, I've listened to to President Kagame. I've, I've 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 done crazy research on the country. How much I know on that country is unhealthy, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, it has been in my head. And about a month ago, uh, a month ago, I went to to Banjul, is in the west region of Cameroon for the first time. You know, and it was an outer earthly experience for me i was just it was just crazy i was just there i was just there and there's this voice in my head that kept telling me one thing 
this, you know, this is one of the lands that you need to you need to visit, you need to conquer. And, and when I say conquer, it's not like I'm going to bring a, a, an army and you know do this. Thing. <laughs> but, but it's really in my head because I I I, I have this um I have this thing where um even if I'm not given the the position, I always find myself leading. You know, mm-hmm. I always yeah, I, I always find myself leading. I find myself leading conversations, leading resolutions, challenging authority, leading the challenge. You know, I always just, you know, it's always this crazy thing where if, if there's, a, there's a way I see things in my head. If, I, if, if that cannot be achieved, then we're not going to stop. We'll keep fighting. We'll keep going. We'll keep, we'll keep, we'll keep, we'll keep, we will keep refining until it is exactly that. I've never succeeded to achieve mm-hmm. exactly that. But, you know, I, that's why the fight is always on. So I, I think I totally relate to this thing where, especially when you said, you consider yourself a citizen of the world. I had this conversation with my friend the other day. And we're talking about how we are children of the universe. If we want to set up yeah. our business on mass, we just need to figure out how to oh, do it. Yeah. Exactly. Just figure it out. So I, I relate. Exactly. And, you know, it, it, it says a lot about your, your personality, your perspective of the world. It's beautiful. Yep. Yep, yep. I, I always say I understand my roots. I know my culture, but I'm not bound by any of that. I'm not bound by my experiences either. So, for instance, wait, wait, like... Wait, okay. wait, 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 wait. We need to deep dive on that. And I, I think that's <laughs> what I was asking when I asked the first question. You're not bound by your experiences. I need you to explain that because it was very tough for you to get to Rome. Yeah. And Rome was tough. It was a tough place yeah. for you. You know, but you succeeded to break, you know, to break through that, you know, you succeeded to, you know, started getting gigs, start, um, you started getting gigs, started getting, you know, uh, making money for yourself. And even when you reached out to Hubert to design your website, I remember he said, you said you'll pay 500 euros and, 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 and you guys didn't have to do any back and forth, which is very, very rare in our line of business because... People always want to underpay and just do like the whole back and forth thing. But and we take you know five five hundred um, euros for the minimum functional website. So when you said this way you can pay, well like, okay, this is somebody that gets it, knows exactly what she wants, so let's get to work. Because every time that we have someone that doesn't get it, know exactly what they want, and and we have to get to work, I have to come in and and you know make them understand that their dream, what they want to achieve, is bigger than what they're about to pay. You know, but you, you got it immediately. So that was a tough, you know, that was a tough time that you succeeded, you succeeded to break out from. But you, all, you left all that and decided to move to a different place. Um, and you said something about not being bound by experiences. So I want you to, to, to deep dive into that. You know, I want you to go, go deep not into that. Not bound by experiences. Okay. Not being bound by experiences to me. When I say that, I say, like, Actually, let me go back to you. You said something. I am always who I am. I act a certain way. Even if I act a certain way because of a situation, it doesn't make me who I am. So that statement really captures how I'm looking at this thing that I said. I'm not bound by my experiences. I know who I am. I know what I want. I know what I'm about. Even if I don't know what I want, I'm out to find it. And so a certain situation, a certain place can make me discover that there's this side to me, there's that side to me. But that really, I, because I know me, I know that there is much more or there's much less or that particular attitude or that particular thing 
was based off of that circumstance that I was in. And I can always go ahead of that. I can always, I'm that person who easily let go. When I see that I'm no longer aligned with something, I let go and I ask myself, okay, what did I learn from this? Is there more for me here? If there isn't, I know that it's time for me to move on to the very next thing. Some things, they string along. Like you see that, okay, this experience plays into this. This goes into that and all. But certain things, I'm like, no, it's time for me to let go of this. Or maybe it's time for me to develop this and all of that. But again, my experiences, they help me become the me that I'm speaking, the me that I see, but they don't define me. Facts. So that's, that's how I look at it. That's really how I look at it. So if you think about Rome, Rome made me in many ways. Like in Rome, I really, I had to do life by myself. And in that process, I found out this is what I like. This is what I don't like. This is what I want to do. This is what I don't. Okay, this I'm not so sure of. I need a lot more clarity on it and all of that. It was also in that same room that I experienced the most difficulties and the most trials. It was also in that room that I started seeing my breakthrough. So in many ways, my experience in Italy, it, it really helped me find myself, like really find my, my, my roots in the world. But it did not define, like, that's, that's not it. That's just the beginning of it. That's just different aspects to it. So when I decided to say, okay, Yes, there are opportunities for me to do this, but you see, there was something about the way I lived. It was just constant grind, grind, grind. Yes, I'll get momentary satisfaction. But at my core, as I thought, I like simple things. I like going out into the wild, into some forest, and like just, I don't know, just getting lost in there. At you know, my I'll core. I'll a poem concerning this. I wrote a poem about it. At my <laughs> core, I like eating plantain and eggs. At my <laughs> core, I like pear and avocado and fruits in abundance. At my core, I like a simple, quiet life, like really and truly. Out there, there was so much buzz. Like you cannot, you cannot live that way. Like there's just a certain, you have to constantly go, 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 go. I mean, even when you achieve a certain level of wealth, there's still that whole aspect to like, the environment itself pushes you so much. And I like that to a certain degree. I like that to a certain degree, but I know that I don't need a space to push me. I can be pushed by myself. Like the yearning, the things that I want to do for myself, they don't allow me to sleep so much. So yeah. <laughs> it doesn't really need a place to push me. And so I said to myself, I need, I need peace and quiet. I need more avocados in my life. I need more... Like, I need more plantain. I need, like, I just, I want to go back home and eat soya. Somebody give me soya. Soya that I cannot find. <laughs> and I was like, okay, let's go home and go get what we want. So I'm, I, when I say I'm a go-getter, I'm really a go-getter in the smallest things and the biggest things and in so many ways. So, yes, I'm living one reality. I'm experiencing this but I have a whole different picture in my head and I'll, I'll do everything to leave that picture. Great facts. Now, I, I relate to that at, 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 at all levels. I do, you know. Um, there's, there's something that I've struggled with before, you know, and that's letting go. I'm always 
have this, I don't know, it's a good habit or a bad habit. They're two and they, they always go um, hand in hand. I don't know whether they're good or they're bad. So mm-hmm. I hold on to things, to experiences, to people and, and stuff. But if I eventually let go, it's like they never existed. And I just go seamlessly to something else. And, you know, it's always like I'm a new person. It's always like I'm unaffected by what happened in the past. It is not, you know, there's people that run away from stuff. There's people that compartmentalize. It's just that it does it didn't exist anymore in my new reality. That's just it. So mm. um, when I listen to you talk, I understand. I I can really you know picture how how effective your ability to let go and not define yourself by your experiences is. It's 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 great. It's it's amazing. Just hearing <laughs> you talk about you know your journey. It's a story that's very interesting. Story that needs to be told. It is. See, I'm glad you mentioned the the portion of the story those experiences those things that you let go of they they will never go away like those things will always be part of your story exactly but that's not all that there is like really and truly exactly like some of those portions of my story i'll carry oh i'll carry them until i can no longer carry them because those are core things that just like are just there but other things i'm like Nah, I've lived this. I've experienced this. This is part of my story, but this is like it's enough with this. Okay, let's go, let's go. But other things I'll carry and hold on to, and all of that because you know we talk about being consistent, like doing and going. When you fail, you keep going. That's you. If you think about it, that's us holding on to something, like Actually, something. Yeah. But some other things, you. I think it letting go and not letting go. It really goes in both ways. There are certain things that you just cannot let go of. If you do, you're probably losing or you're probably, I don't know, giving up. And then there's other times when you really just say like, okay, no, this one, enough of this. Like this, I've, I came, I saw, I conquered, let's go. Let's move. We move. <laughs> let's move. It's like, it's like, okay, being, I don't know, the greatest in Cameroon and you say, oh, I've done it. That's enough for me. No, please. If that's enough for you, good for you. Hold on to it. I will let go of being the best in that space and I'll be looking for becoming the best in the world because that's where I'm heading, right? So it really goes in many ways and it really depends on how one looks at letting go. Fact, fact, fact. I um, have this, uh, you know, I, I, I hate, you know, like the first... I told you I hate like the first, the this, the that, the I hate all those 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 categorizations. But I I I I see that if you you know the thing you said about being the smartest person in the room, if you're if you're if you're at a place where you feel and you think and you believe that you're at the you know at the highest, you know, especially for us who are this young, who are this young. If you think that you're mm-hmm. the highest, I, it, it, mm-hmm. I think it's very counterproductive. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Um, I just think it's very ca- counterproductive because there's always... The, it's not that there's always more. I hate, I hate painting this thing like people have to keep chasing, like it's a rat race, people have to keep chasing. But, mm-hmm. but there is room for more. There is room for, you know, you're, you're a person. And uh, I was telling my friend the other day that, you know, we're talking about how to set boundaries, you know, effective communication, boundaries, and, 
And I was telling my friend that man, I don't know. And we're talking about boundaries. I was like, I don't know my boundaries. I don't until I there's something that I don't like. Then the boundary comes up there and then. I don't know. And, and that's the same way, you know, in terms of my work, my, I don't know my limits. I don't recognize them, you know. Every, every single time that, you know, they said that you couldn't do this. I'll, I'll tell you a story. When I was in high school, uh, I, I left Sacred College. I was in CPC Bali. And then for, then you could do, because I always, I always regretted that I had to give up studying literature, literature and English to study physics. It was a very, I don't know, it's a problem with the education system. It was just nonsense for me because I was good in both of them. But I chose, I chose physics. But in high school, you could do English language, you know. And I was doing English language in the science class. And it was going on at the same time with physics. And uh, <laughs> it is very physics. And English language was just like literature. Time. So... I get to this. Um, I get to this point in high school where English and physics are going to be happening at the same time at the advanced level. So they're going to be happening at the same time. The, yes, yeah, at the same time. The two subjects. Yeah, and um, and my 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 principal is like, no, you can't register those two subjects. And I'm like, sorry, sir, I'm very sorry, but I'm going to register these two subjects. And I don't know how you're going to take it, and I really don't care. You know, my parents don't have any problem with it. You're not paying my fees, so just step out of the way. And nobody had ever spoken to him like that. Everybody was shocked, the whole of the... Because we're all registering there, and he had, you know, he came and was looking over my paper, and it was like, the first time I registered, he was... He, the first time I registered, he took the paper, tore it, and said, give him a new sheet. I took it, I still registered. The third time... When, when he gave me the church, I, told, I, I just told him, I just told him that. I told him, sir, see, you don't pay my fees. My parents have no problem with this. If I say I'll do it, I'll do it. Your yeah. own business is to make sure that I'm able to do it well because you're paid for that. Don't try to stop me again. I don't want to have to disrespect you. And I did my thing. And he looked at me in my eyes and walked into his office and that was it. I registered for the subject. Now, wow. when they put it in the software... It rendered now, and, and, and there was the whole talk in the GC board like, no, this is not possible. This, has, this hasn't been done before, and we cannot let it happen. Now, my teacher, the, the lady who, who taught me English language, she was chief examiner for English language, and she knew that if one student, if she had a student that was going to have the best mark, that student was me, and so she could not let me not write. So tra she yeah. traveled to Boya, spoke to the GC board, Got a, got a signed letter from the chancellor of the GC board permitting me to write these two subjects at the same time. It was crazy. Wow. Yes. Wow. It was crazy. Then, the day I had to write the subjects, my principal tried to negotiate for, for me to have more time um, with the superintendent. And the lady, is this the child? We spent like <laughs> two, we spent like two days in meetings to decide whether he has the right to do this. This is the child? You know what? I cannot give him any more time. He wants to do things that are impossible. He will do things that are impossible. You know, and there's the laws. You know, there's the laws in, in the GC board. Like, if a, if a subject starts 30 minutes after that subject has started, you cannot leave the hall until 30 minutes to the end. And um, if, the, if, if the subject has started mm -hmm. and you're 30 minutes late, you're 30 minutes late, then you can't get in anymore. You, you're, you're disqualified for the exam. So, um, 
it simply meant that I had to finish one of the two in 30 minutes and go write the other. That, that's what it meant. So I, I, I took um, English. It was just MCQs. There were like 70 MCQs and uh, it was English language. So I finished in 14 minutes and I went to the physics hall and I finished writing the whole physics paper two in about an hour, 30 minutes. And I fell asleep. And people that started, you know, physics and English were still struggling there. And my teacher came and woke me up. I was like, are you done? Are you sure you're done? I was like, sir, I swear I'm the guy that's most done on this earth right now. I'm done. <laughs> Dusted. You're going to see when the results come out. There was this oh, whole talk. Yes. There was this whole talk about, you know, this guy is going to fail one of the subjects. There's no way he's going to fail one of them. I didn't fail any of them. It was, I, it, it, I didn't. And, and, and I didn't even think that it's, it's after, it's later. And there's this thing that happens to me all the time. When, I, when I'm about to do something that people consider great, it's the same thing that happened when I, I, did, when I did my first book. My, my book was crazy. The reviews I got about it later, were, I, I couldn't believe you know, yeah. and before before I did any of these things, I did not really weigh how maybe difficult or important or special they were, you know. So immediately I was done doing it. I was looking for something else that, you know, I was, I was moving on already. Then mm-hmm. now, midway to the other thing that I'm doing, it hits me that, oh, shit, I actually did I And it was actually, you know, it was actually that. It was, it was, it was something. Oh, no. So you know, I, I, I can relate. This, this thing of things hitting you lately when you've done it, you've like that. The same story, like the same story I have with. I co-authored a book um sometime between 2019 and it was published this year. It's called Transforming Africa, and it's all about how our you know our local jangi, how yeah. that can replay into the financial system and financial economic development in Africa, within Africa. There was Crazy. a shit ton of research. Like, I was like, it was so funny. When the book was published, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm holding this book and my name is written there as a co-author. And it was just like, I had already gone past it. I was already at the next thing doing it. And then people were like, no, 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 no. Excuse me. Then I, you just, you just became a pub- published author. You need to sit down for a moment and acknowledge this. So this thing you're saying over here, I know how it feels. When you, you've done it, you're in your head, it's like, oh, I finally just did it. And then you go on. And then later you on, you're like, oh, shit, I actually did it. Yeah, yeah that happens to me all the, all the time. Like, oh, Lord. You know, it happens to me all the time. And for me, it's a realization of how much limitless, you know, how much limitless we actually yep. are every single person you know I, I i people always you know people tell me that you know i cannot do this thing like you you're really like this and i'm like i swear to you that i don't even know what you're talking about wow. I'm, I'm just giving seamlessly and you should try just try and you'll see yeah. that that so, you and i were really just the same in different spaces mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and if you even think about it people always try to think about how much opportunity was one person given versus the other person? And I always say, some people will be given all the opportunity in the world and they'll still never do it. Exactly. Some people will be given all the opportunity in the world and they will do it. So at the end of the day, if there's one thing that I've listened to both of us say over and over and over is really this aspect of understanding your own story owning your own story, owning your own reality and living it. 
no matter what that looks like for you, if you're content with living a small life, like maybe living in this little city and that's okay. Like if that's what bliss looks like for you, by all means, live it and live it fully. If you're that person who wants to keep chasing and chasing and chasing, please chase. Chase, my friend, chase. If you're that person who feels like what you've done is not enough, you want to keep... I don't... I, I'm really just at a point where I'm do like... Do you. Do you. Whatever yeah. that looks like for you. Understand what that looks like for you and do it. And if that thing changes along the line, it's fine. It's, it's still fine. part it's of fine. It really and truly is part of your reality. And so... I, oh, I've loved this conversation so, so much. Like, okay, before, listen, we've gone, we're like at one hour, 30 minutes right now. I don't know if anybody's going to sit down for one hour, 30 minutes and listen to all of this, but hey, you'll be surprised. I used to listen to three hour podcast. <laughs> I know that if I were the one, I would not. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to keep it short. Like when I say short, short now is one hour, 30 minutes. Wow, Lenora. Just wow. But I want to keep having this conversation. Like I want to keep it going. There's so much more to be said. There's so much more to be heard. But as of all, we're going to have to end this here right now. Great, 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 great. Before you... <laughs> I said, wait. <laughs> I said, great. <laughs> all right you said great okay before we go i need you to leave everybody with something right like something very tangible something very practical i mean we've said a lot of things that are tangible and practical we've shared so many different thoughts we've gone back and forth and you know there's just there's a wealth of information in what we have said here and I need you to, if you were to give a piece of advice, like I know you probably have so much to say, but if you were to give somebody like that one person, that like the one person that this podcast will impact, if you were to tell that person something that could change their lives, what is that thing? What would you tell them? Okay. Uh, first, I'd like to say that I don't like giving advice. It's very tricky. Why, why is that I knew something like this was coming. <laughs> yeah, um, because you know, I'm 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 meeting myself at this age, at this stage for the first time. I don't know what's going to happen. Um, mm -hmm. you know. But I, there's there's a thing that has been consistent throughout, and I want anybody that's you know anybody that's listening and that you have to believe, you have to you have to obsessively believe that you know there is something within you that is worth you fighting for. I wrote this poem about how God is greater than luck and is greater than location uh, because I've done a lot of research on, on luck and location. And I know that right now where you, know, where you are, for some person where you are, seems like the worst place ever you can. And you're not even wrong. You're not wrong. So what? What do you believe in? You know, every situation, condition, and all the other shuns, they are really very small when placed on a scale with faith. So you have faith, faith in yourself, faith in, you know, a greater power that, you know, is, that keeps you going, that, that, that you know that's working for your good. And faith in, in, in the fact that if anything has to exist for you, you have to create it, then I think you're good to go. That's the mindset that I carry. And uh, 
you know, it, it, it's, it's been working for me and I hope that it works for other people too. That's it. I love that. Oh, obs- I like the word you used, obsessively believe. Yeah. Obsessively believe. It reminds me of Grand Cardone. Do you know Grand Cardone? I know Grand Cardone. He is a big obsessive like he's like about aggressive action aggressive massive obsessive all of these things and some people it sounds a bit weird but listen that's the way that's the way way. (laughs) (laughs) obsessively that was a great 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 piece of advice and i feel like anybody can carry that at every level of their life and it's that same belief that pushes confidence. When we talk about confidence and that annoying amount of confidence, it's that, that, arrogance. Yeah, <laughs> that, it's that, it's that aggressive, that obsessive belief in oneself that pushes you to talk that way. And the funny thing is, you, someone who tell you that you're arrogant, that person probably has issues themselves that they're working yeah. on. Because Someone who is as confident as you or even more confident as you, someone who truly knows themselves, who never make such a comment, really. Mm. So I'm always looking at those people who say these things and I'm like, sis, bro. <laughs> you know, I, yeah, yeah. I had to cut some people off because I just understood that these people, they don't get it. And I cannot, and I'm, I'm stepping into somewhere, you know, I'm stepping into somewhere where I'm going to be doing a lot of stuff and I cannot be around people that don't get it. I just can't. That kind of energy around you. We yeah. need to come back here and have a conversation about this. Like, yeah, definitely, definitely. Def, def. Because when we talk about this, I have so much to say, like so much. There was a point in my life I cut everybody off, family inclusive. <laughs> <laughs> I got so much hate for it, but hey, look at me now. Hey, look at me now. <laughs> Inventing oneself, reinventing oneself. But as a for. Thank you, thank you, thank you so it's much. Right. It's been Wait. a while I spoke this much about myself, about stuff that Wait. I do. Wait, you need to say one more thing about yourself. I always like to ask people a memory that is attached to a piece of clothing that has been with you and has lived with you all your life. What were you wearing in that space? What happened in that space? Like, put that to me in one minute. So a memory I'm attached very... to an outfit. So I'm not very um, attached to outfits like that. But, you know, um, when I was a kid, I was just, uh, I was, um, I was, uh, I was, I have a crazy memory. So when I talk and I mention dates and years, nobody should think it's weird. <laughs> My memory is out of this world. So I was seven years old. It's 2004. It's December, right? Mm-hmm. My dad started getting more means, so he took us out of the government school and sent us to the private school. And he, by his judgment, felt that, you know, the government school hadn't laid a great foundation for us. So he put me like my younger brother, you know. So he demoted me by his own power, by his own will and everything. He demoted me. And uh, mm-hmm. my, my, my younger brother had spent his whole life in the private school. So he was like, he's going to give me an opportunity to learn from my younger brother. And, you know, it's 2004, I'm seven years old, and I'm in class one, and my younger brother is five years old. We're all in class one. This is December 2024, and there's this suit that my mom got for me, and that I used to do like a, I used it to do like a fashion parade in school on the, mm-hmm. you know, the, the Christmas thing that they do at the end of primary school. And when I was doing that, 
I did not know that I had just become the second, you know, just, I had taken the second position in class because I, I came in really weak and all the other kids were really way ahead of me. And I didn't mm-hmm. know that I was taking second. So after I was wearing this suit and they pronounced that oh, I was second and I was shocked. I was surprised. I didn't know. I took <laughs> that report card and I looked at it and I said, okay. That moment as I was a child, I said it to myself. I said, okay, I'm second now. I'm not first, but I progressed. The first, you should probably know who the first was. Um, Chelsea, Fungu Chelsea. She were in that Oh, school my God. Yeah, she's a fucking genius. Um, she actually skipped the class. Yeah, both of us skipped the class after that. So I, mm-hmm. I took that thing and I was like, you know, I, I'm not first. Chelsea is first, but I've progressed. I, I got in, I was like 17th, and now I've progressed. And uh, so I can no longer be in this same class with my younger brother. So at that age... I changed my school. When the, when the school year resumed, I'll go fully dressed in the uniform of the other school. Then, um, you know, midway, I'll change into some casual outfit, house outfit, and go to another school and go to class three. So instead of class two, I'll go to class three. And I did that for like two weeks. The people from the school finally came to my home and, and spoke to my father. Was, he got angry, you know. <laughs> ordered me to continue going to the other school and go to class two and I did not obey that that instruction. I continued going to the other school and being in class three and my parents finally just got right and paid. So there's two outfits. There's the suit when I took the 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 the, the paper and the, the report card and I was second. And there's mm-hmm. the outfit that I was using every day, every single day to go to the other school until my parents decided to pay for it. It was a white t shirt and blue jeans with some Jordans. I don't know where my mom got those Jordans from. There, back in the day, it was crazy. And yeah, I remember those too. <laughs> I love that. I, I like to ask that question because a lot of times we don't think that an outfit will bring such a memory for us and attribute a certain time and frame of mind for us. But a lot of times our outfits do have a role to play in so many ways. It speaks a lot of words it says a lot of things like outfits i consider clothing as some form of language it's a language that has its own diction its own pronunciation and all of that so That's a memory of an outfit is really really something that i i think it's it's so important i always want people to think about that for a second so yeah now, thank you for- I want to hear your own outfit story now. My outfit story, I have a lot because, hey, I've always been the girl who likes outfits. The outfit girl. I think about, mm -hmm, like, even when I do not think, I do not know that I loved fashion this much, I still remember my outfits. And I have a picture of the outfit I'm about to describe. I was, I don't know how old I was, but I think it was between the ages of three and five. And um, I wore a red dress with red shoes, red socks, a red beret <laughs> on my head. And <laughs> I had these, like, you know how we used to use tape to tie hair? Like, ladies used to, in those days as a kid, they would do your rasta and then they would, like, do the ends with tape, like, with some colored tape, black tape, yeah, white yeah, tape, yeah, something. Yeah. Yep, I had that whole outfit on. And I still remember saying, like, I don't remember much about my childhood, but I remember that outfit in particular. It had a big role to play in my life because that's where my love for hats really started. Oh. And in that moment, I felt like I'm just a red diva. Like, I, at this point, nobody can tell me anything. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> in the house. 
<laughs> I, still, I still remember and I have a picture of that that's my baby oh, one of my baby pictures that I really really love so I'm today I'm a big fan of hats anybody who knows me knows how much I love hats I have a total at the moment I have I don't even know how many I have anymore because I've added a few but <laughs> to my knowledge I have about 35 hats in different Ooh, that's more than all the clothes I have <laughs> and you know the funny thing i don't even have i have more hats and i have clothes i have more hats and i have shoes i have more hats and i have anything else <laughs> if, you, if, you, if you add up all the clothes everything that i have it doesn't reach 25 every time i buy more i throw the other ones so i give them out i hate having too many clothes or shoes you go about it but yeah so it played a role in my heart another story i have of clothes it's not even an outfit my mom tells me the story all the time she said when i was a kid she used to go to the market and buy secondhand clothes you know when you sit down in back market and you pick okrika she used to go there and pick out these clothes and bring back home and she'll just pick them out randomly like i like this one i like this this will look good on len and she'll bring them back home and just leave them there. By the time she goes out to work and she comes back, I have taken the time to put things together. Like this one matches with this one. That one matches with that one. She was always so intrigued. Like, how does this child know all these things? The same thing I used to do with women on TV. I used to always admire the journalists that used to dress up so well. I was like, I'll be like that woman one day. Little did I know that it wasn't about the journalism. It was about the look. <laughs> Yeah, it was. It was definitely about Exactly. So I have a lot of memories that come with clothing. I, another very recent memory with clothing is in Rome. I went to class one day. I, I think that was the day I, I, I had to register for classes. I had not, I did not have the money to pay my tuition for the next semester. And I was faced with two options. It's either I quit school this was my first year it's either i quit school and go back to cameroon where there was the peak of the cameroonian crisis or i stay here and find a way there were two ways that that could have gone because there was no way i was going to continue school without tuition i already had a scholarship and all of that and i remember waking up that morning and i put on the day before i had bought myself a yellow outfit a yellow jumpsuit Funny enough, I still have that jumpsuit today. And people listening to this will know what jumpsuit I'm talking about. It's mustard yellow. It just makes me look so elegant. And I remember when I saw that, I said, I need to dress up like this for every difficult situation that I find myself in. The very wow. next day, I woke up and I put on that outfit. I put on heels to clap. I was like, if this is going to be my last day in class, in uni, I might as well go out with a bang. I dressed up so confidently. I walked into that class, went through my day, and by the end of the day, I knew exactly what the solution to my tuition problem was going to be. And that was exactly what I got about a few months later. But that outfit was significant to me because it was yellow and it was elegant, it was confident, and it made me step into my power, the power that I know Ooh. that I have. I stepped into it into that outfit. And I still have that outfit today. Like, it was very expensive at that point and it's still like it's such a asafa i'll show you this outfit you I you probably know it. i need to see this outfit you probably everybody who knows me knows this outfit i asked one time on my instagram if lenara wear a dress or an outfit what outfit would she be 
everybody was like that yellow jumpsuit. I was like, y'all don't even know the story behind this outfit. <laughs> but yeah, I have a lot of memories with outfits. So those are a few that I can think just off the top of my head. But like yeah. now we really, really need to go. <laughs> you know what? We should write the story of your outfits. As if, are we turning that into a poem that will go into your next publication? <laughs> uh, I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> but we will write that story. That's it for the second part of this amazing conversation with Asafo Emmanuel, the amazing person who you have been listening to in the last two episodes. It was such a joy to speak with him and share our experiences and share our stories. And I hope that our message and everything that we shared was impactful to you as it was to us as individuals. Thank you so much for listening to Lenora's Confident Closet in conversation with Asafo Emmanuel. My name is Lenora and I have been your host. Remember to go out there and stay stylish. Remember to stay confident. Remember to obsessively believe in yourself and let that push you to do the things that you were born to do. Remember to shine. Remember to stay beautiful. Be yourself in the best way that you know how. Have an amazing and lovely week, people. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you.